0: 740 K-H-T-K.
1: Lawrence Electronics, and the California Department of Boating and Waterways. And now, to bring you the best in the outdoors, here's the host of California Sportsman, Seth
2: Hendrickson. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to California Sportsman. It's Saturday, February 5th. What the hell's going on here? Time's flying. Well, the fishing are going to be biting, too, so get ready, folks. We've got a great show for you, loaded with everything from sturgeon to big-time long-range fishing, Eagle Lake, Lake Almanor, we're going to talk about big fish in several different places, including a recording from J.D. Ritchie. Tahoe fishing is unbelievable for big fish. Pyramid Lake, how about 20- and 30-pound cutthroat trout coming your way this year? There's a lot going on. David Martin hooks up with us from Quail Point Hunt Club. Alan Fong hooks up with us from Fisherman's Warehouse Mega Store. He's got some great tips for you. And if Barry Essa hasn't turned over yet, it will today. The winds that we had the past couple of days have really got things stirred up, and they were from the north that should have got Barry Berryessa turning big time. Captain Zach Medinas will hook up with us. He's got an update on the Delta Classic from last week, the Diamond Classic, I mean. The big Surgeon Derby, all catch and release. He'll tell you about what was going on with the action there. And James Netzel's got Delta Stripers for you later on. And, of course, Dave Hurley, the editor of Western Outdoor News, joins us for a great wrap-up of all the opportunities out there for you to enjoy. Well, let's waste no time. Let's get started right now by heading to the Delta and climbing on board with one of the best in the West, Captain Jay Lopes with Right Hook Sport Fishing hooks up with us now. Good morning, Captain. Good morning. Good morning, Seth. Tell us about it, Guy. What's the last week been like out there on the water for you? I know you picked up uh, about Tuesday and got rolling, or was it Monday?
0: No, it was actually Thursday. We were supposed to start midweek, but the winds kind of kept us off. So we got started on Thursday, and... We picked up – we left off – actually, we picked up right where we left off, I should say, and uh, good biting fish. Things are happening
2: down here. Well, sure. You guys have all got it figured out. You know how to get them to bite right now. There's no question about that. But, Jay, there's so many things involved in successful sturgeon fishing, and I wanted to kind of do a mini seminar to kick this off with you, talking okay. about some tips and techniques that will make them better. Let's start, number one, with locations. What, are, what do you want to look for when you're talking locations to fish for sturgeon?
0: Um, I mean, locations can- be a wide range of areas um they could be uh you know shower water say less than 10 feet of water uh, five to 10 foot it could be mid-range uh water like we're fishing uh, right now and there's also you can fish the deeper water um but uh right now the pattern i've been on the last few days is i've been trying to stay in that 20 to 25 foot of water seems like the biting fish are there um you know, when you're getting that mid, mid-range mid water, the fish don't have to fight the current as much. And they're more grazing, you know, looking around for food. They're able to stay in the area and uh, look around for your bait. And that's kind of what I've been doing um, this morning. We're going to do something just a little bit different for the first part of this outgoing tide. And we're going to fish a little bit deeper uh, for the first part of this, ebb because uh, we haven't been able to get anything going the first part of the alco in the morning. It's all been the second half of the tide. So we're going to try something just a little bit different. But that's that's what we've been doing here and staying in that mid-range water. But you could – guys are catching some shallow. Guys are got them. I know someone got them in about 40, 45 foot of water yesterday. But, I mean, you could kind of fish a little bit all over right now.
2: There's biting fish all over. How about sharing with our listeners the best opportunities around the tides? When is it best? Is it best as the tide's going out or best as it's coming in or best when it sits still?
0: Right. So, everyone always asks me, what's the best tide for sturgeon or just in general? And I, I say it's the tide they bite on. So, I mean, every day is a little different. Uh, like I say, um, the last couple days for us, they're not biting the first half of the outgoing tide. They're biting, uh, maybe because it's a little smaller tide, they're biting uh, right around max current. And on the second half of the tide, uh, we had fish up on, uh, you know, from, um, like I say, from max outgoing yesterday to slack tide. Um, which there was a pretty good bite for us. And we just had to wait it out the last couple of days. We did have a little downtime, but once it rolled over max current and it went, you know, the second half of the outgo on that smaller outgo is when they bit for us. And and unfortunately, they, these fish are they're coming out of their wintertime pattern. And, uh, you know, when we, we're hearing about it should be maybe after this coming week, it's supposed to warm up a little bit more. We need that water temp just to creep up a little bit more. They're not biting heavy. I mean, even though we're having really good luck, it's all coming in in smaller windows. Um, but here, in a, as the months go on, and then we get into March, water temp's going to creep up, and it'd be very traditional that they're going to bite at the beginning of the tide, and the end of either outgoing or incoming. But we're not quite there yet. We're 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 really close. There are some biting fish that are coming out of their winter time mode, but it seems like only part of them are wanting to feed. So here within uh, probably the next couple of weeks usually right around mid february we start getting on a pattern where we could drop on them at the beginning of the tide and catch them we could drop on them at the end of the tide and catch them and we catch them at the you know peak current so um, beginnings and ends traditionally but here the last few days has been the second half of the outgoing tide for us
2: well we talk location we talk tides the next most important thing is dropping that pick in the right spot and making sure that your offerings in the right location how do you do your spread
0: uh, we do our spread, so what we like to we like to look for the fish. Anyone who's been with us or any of the guys in the industry for that matter, guys like to drive around and find the find the herd of fish. So we're fishing for a fish that's very difficult to catch, but the more you find on your graph, the more you're gonna ha- the odds are gonna be in your favor. Um but it all depends where you're fishing. The deeper the water you're looking at, the more you should see on your fish finder the you know have you know, make you feel comfortable you're gonna catch fish. Now, the area I've been fishing lately, that 20, 25 foot of water stuff, the cone angle on my transducer is more directly underneath the boat, so I'm not going to see as many fish that are around in that area. So if I see a handful of fish when I drive over them and that stuff, I mean, there's probably going to be more around, and that's kind of what happened to us yesterday. I set up on three or four good marks, and they kind of materialized, and we hooked uh, eight fish in that in that area just on those two or three marks, so... I mean that's how it's been the last couple of days and and like I say if you're fishing deeper water look for more fish on your fish finder shallower water you could get a by fine you know finding less fish on your graph and sitting up on them and getting them to bite cuz they are going to be grazing in those shallower waters.
2: Well I knew that'd be a question that everybody asked you but they're also asking you what's the best bait that we can put out there for sturgeon.
0: You know what um we're uh, we're using some lamprey eel getting bit on that. We're fishing our salmon row, and I do know a lot of guys when they could get it, are really having good luck, which happens this time of year on ghost shrimp. Um, but it's hard to get sometimes, uh, just the way things are going right now. But the guys fishing the the ghost shrimp are getting bit. Uh, salmon is a good offering. Lamprey eel. Like I say, the fish are are, are, are a, they're an opportunistic feeder, so they're gonna if they're actively feeding, they'll buy anything that's the traditional sturgeon bait. I think.
2: Well, Jay, the bait can be on the bottom, everything can be down there, but the most important thing is the right leader length and the weight. Tell our listeners why it's so important.
0: Yeah, so leader length plays a role. So I remember growing up as a kid, we used to use long wire leaders thinking that the uh, the sturgeon would uh, roll up in the line and break it off. Well, that really isn't the case. We don't really do that, uh, or the fish don't do that. They will roll up, but they typically won't break your line. So We've changed things over the years. We're using a, a monofilament leader, 80 to 100-pound leader is good. Um, we're using a 6- or 7-knot Kale-style hook, a Kaley hook. We use owners on our boat. And then on that leader, we're using a, um, a half-ounce egg weight. The egg weight sliding up and down your leader is actually going to end up up against the hook, but it's going to allow that bait to lay down. Our leader length is going to vary. We keep it pretty standard, 20, 24 inches is what we use. You can't go any less than 18 inches if you're going to have a, a half ounce weight or anything heavier than a half ounce. So uh, you got to be 18 inches or greater um, on your leader length. Uh, but we use about 20 to 24 inches, 80 to, you know, 80 to a hundred pound uh, monofilament leader P line and uh, owner hook. That's all you need. You know, with, it out there and cast it out.
2: with stripers, we put baits out there that flop around or move in the current a little bit to attract their attention. But, uh, you don't want that when you're sturgeon fishing, do you? You don't want your baits out there being rushed along by the tide, whirling in front of a sturgeon's nose.
0: No, we want it stationary because a lot of times they they have to they have to take some time to find it. You know, I mean, we I, for instance, I've been out there and you know I've had customers. You know, my deal on my boat: if you reel on a fish, which is how we hook them, if you reel on it, you miss the fish. Stop reeling. And if you, you still have bait on there, whether you're using eel or how we're rigging up the row nowadays and the netting, the bait really doesn't come off. So that fish just has to take a little time to search around for it and he'll find it. Like yesterday, for instance, me personally, Captain Jay Lopes missed the rod on or missed the bite on his rod. I, I felt really bad about that. And I casted it right back and I told the guys, I'm going to get him. And I cast, cause I missed the fish. I didn't even think about hooking. I just totally whiffed. I casted it back out, and that fish bit about 15 minutes later, and we got him. It was a slot fish. So if they're in the area, you know, they'll find your bait. So the biggest thing is keep it stationary and try not to move it around. But if you do happen to move it, it just takes a little time for them to find it, but they'll find it again, especially sure. right now.
2: Well, my last question was going to be on setting the hook. I guess you're not the guy to ask questions about that, but I will anyway. Do you like to let them run, or do you like to stick them on first touch?
0: So, we like to, my boat, we like to let them eat it. Some guys like to, the, the, you know, to connect on the initial bite. Me personally, I want that rod to load up. And uh, we even had one yesterday. The guys were <laughs> sitting on the back deck. It was kind of slack tied and no one was paying attention. And they were drinking some beers, obviously, and kind of occupied. And uh, we hear line coming off a reel. Well, that fish was hooked up, um, it was taking line off the spool. Um, so, I mean, if you give them time, especially this time of year, I think the biggest mistake people can make is if they get to the rod too quick. Let them bounce on that rod. Let them pull it down three or four times, and then you either reel down on them like we do and a lot of guys in the industry do, or you could set the hook. But just make sure the rod tip's going down in the downward motion that fish has got in its mouth, and that's time to hook that fish.
2: There you have it, folks, and one of the best there is when it comes to sturgeon fishing in Northern California, Captain Jay Lopes with Right Hook Sport Fishing. Jay, give them all the hook up info they need so they can get out there and jump on those things.
0: Yeah, give us a call if fishing's heating up. It's Erico code 916-417-5670 and on the web at com, and check out the Facebook
2: page. Jay, thanks much. I appreciate you doing a mini seminar. Now get out there and spank them. And if you get into some great action before the end of the show, please give us a shout back. Let us know what's going on.
0: We'll do that. Everyone have a good weekend. All right, Bye-bye. take
2: care, partner. Appreciate you hooking That's up with really us. a really good section. You know, the guy knows his stuff and I kind of laid out a bunch of questions and I thought we're going to go right through the whole thing. And he walked through my notes, taking me right to the <laughs> end without me having to ask too many questions. Quick break right now. When we come back. We're talking big fish and freshwater action right after this.
1: Planning a fishing getaway, a private charter, a tour of San Francisco Bay or Northern California's coast. The California Dawn sport fishing boat is the answer
3: Need fresh line? Bring in reels for a new line at the Berkeley Line Winding Station. Check them out on Facebook, Instagram, and at bodegatackle.com. Bodega Tackle, open seven days a week. Stop by and you'll catch more fish.
1: Duckworth Boats, hand-built by highly-trained, skilled boat builders with pride, precision, and craftsmanship, with models from 18 to 40 feet, designed for both fresh and saltwater activities. Gone Fish and Marine in Dixon is your heavy-gauge aluminum boat headquarters, featuring the entire line of Duckworth Boats. From outboard tillers to jets and inboards, the Advantage Navigator, Pacific Navigator, Pacific Pro, and Offshore Series exemplify Duckworth's attention to details. Gone Fish and Marine's trained sales staff with will help get the Duckworth boat you need with the right power, performance, and accessories. No other boat compares. Be part of the legacy. Join the family of proud Duckworth owners. Learn more at Gone Fishing and Marine in Dixon, gfmarine.com, or duckworthboats.com.
4: or California Sportsman with Seth
2: Henderson. Hey, we're back, and I'd like to uh, welcome Captain Mike Gravert, formerly with Intimidator Sportfish, and he's live in the studio this morning. He got lost driving here from Tennessee, I think, and he just ended up staying for a couple of weeks. And, of course, we got Kent Brown in here hanging out with us for the show and Marilyn's supervising. She's got the big magic wand over our heads right now. You know, the next subject I want to cover is big fish waters. This is the time of year that, when I was young, I'd put on all my warm clothes, and I'd go out, and I'd do silly things like go fish in 12-degree weather and stuff like that. Or out in the snow while it's coming down trolling. And, you know, Eagle Lake is still open. You know, this is the first year they've done that. It doesn't close until the end of February. So I thought, I wonder if there's anybody up there braving the conditions, going out on the water, checking it all out. (laughs) No, no. I got a hold of our our friends up there at North State Guide Service, Robert Muller. He goes, oh, lake's frozen. There's a couple open patches of water, but nobody in their right mind's out there right now. So uh, big fish at Eagle Lake, and there is some open water down by the breakwater. You can't fish inside the breakwater. And over by the circus, which is the side around by Merrill Campground as it slides on around the east side of the lake. Wait a minute. So, is it open? Uh, did I miss something? It's open. But no, it's who not Memorial wants Day to be weekend there? anymore. Like uh, it opens Memorial Day weekend or whenever it is, and then it used to close at the end of the yeah. year. They decided to keep it open until February 1st. I think because they were closing so many other fisheries, they thought they'd leave this one open while it's frozen solid. Take your ice auger with you if you're planning on it, folks. I got you. You lost yeah, me there. I really wasn't paying attention. Well, so that's probably a good thing. I'm thanks thanks not paying too much attention that. either. Lake Almanor is another great one right now. Oroville and Shasta. Both of those should really start picking up here. Pretty good for our kind of fish, not those bass. They're always active out there. But I talked with J.D. Ritchie just yesterday, and he put together this little
5: thing on Pyramid and Tahoe about big fish. You might want to listen close to this. Good morning, everybody. This is J.D. with your Pyramid Lake and Lake Tahoe fishing reports for the week. And it has been a chilly week indeed. We've had temperatures down into the nearly single digits at Tahoe, and Pyramid's getting down Maybe high 20s low 30s it's it's cold in both spots and so uh no need to get to the water early we've been launching at 7 8 as late as 10 o'clock <laughs> which isn't uh which is kind of nice actually not getting up early it's there's no reason to be out it's just too cold the fish are lethargic so let your uh do your fingers a favor and fish a little bit later and uh, that also lets the water temperature come up a bit and the fish get a little snappier towards the afternoon now real quick uh, a tip on launching a boat off say a concrete ramp in real cold temperatures uh, first thing you want to do is take a look at the ramp before you go down it uh, make sure it's not a sheet of ice uh, that's uh, for obvious reasons and then to make sure it does not become a sheet of ice if you launch uh, before you pull out just slowly eke your truck up the ramp just a little bit so your trailer tires are still in the water but the the trailer itself is out and let the water drain out of your trailer into the lake not onto the ramp because obviously if you let it do it on the ramp it's gonna freeze in these temps and then you just create a huge ice slick and then if a bunch of people do that it becomes you know like an ice rink on a tilt <laughs> not not real fun for launching so uh, do yourself and everybody else a favor by just uh, kind of slowly letting your trailer drain off and and that way nobody ends up sliding backwards into the lake which would be no fun so anyway the fishing has been pretty good on tahoe the lake trout are biting typically well for winter conditions they they, they six bite year round and, and they don't seem to really mind that much the conditions so uh good fishing for trolling down with you know flat fish spoons and live minnows anywhere from 60 to 120 feet has been pretty good off the uh the main shelves in the south shores where most people are fishing, and there haven't been a whole lot of boats out lately. Especially middle of the week we had some wind, but uh overall the few boats getting out are, are catching plenty of Lakers in that sort of you know two to four, five, six pound range. Then over here at Pyramid, it's been a little bit of a up and down overall trending trending to uh towards a solid, but uh a couple peaks and valleys along the way. Uh for example, we had a day this week where we caught Oh, I don't know, 25-ish fish, and then the next day we caught three. Then the next day was on again, and so it's kind of been like that. If you hit it right, uh, yeah, I think the fish are just moving around a lot, and you just kind of gotta hope you land in the right, right, right spot on a given day. The um, the troll bite has kind of been the best thing going for me. Obviously, the a lot of guys off the shore fishing uh, on ladders, fly fishing with little popcorn beetles little tiny streamers and uh just micro midges under bobbers and they're catching some fish and then from the trolling standpoint been uh dragging the surface mainly with flatfish maglips uh rapalas limans some j plugs in there and I've, I've run some downriggers about the deepest i've gone with a downrigger lately is about 13 14 feet so fish are all up pretty shallow some nice big fish in the mix I heard of a 26 caught this week I didn't see it but uh, that just shows you the potential here and uh, of course the average fish you know five six pounds I would say and you're gonna catch probably quite a few fish in that seven to eight pound class nine pounds and then um, yeah, you know, every day you got a really good shot of catching fish in the double digits and of course anytime you're on pyramid lake that next bite could be a 20 plus pounder so uh we're coming into the uh, time of year last year where i really really did well which was february and um, we we caught just tons and tons of fish most of the month last last year and so uh hopefully that trend continues and uh fishing will just keep on getting better all the way through the spring so uh, on both lakes really so if you'd like to get a hold of me get on the boat uh, you can get a hold of me at 530-307-9817 or on the web at thesportfisher.com you guys have a great weekend thank you
2: We should be talking bass fishing, you know that.
6: <laughs> right after JD, you know,
2: I just hear JD talking about those great opportunities for big fish like that. And I go, "Why am I here? Why? Why don't I yeah. put on all that warm clothing that I used to wear? It I turn on the electric." It jumpsuit. might be a
7: little chilly up there for sure. <laughs> might but, uh, be.
2: It might be as chilly as some of the boys you got going you across what, Texas and all that area. You know, we've right been now. following
7: our friends across the country. Seth, with so many big events kicking off the Bass Pro Tour with Major League Fishing. Uh, the Bassmaster open in Florida. What a great time to be
2: in Florida when well, it's 30 degrees. Time out. You had Skeet Reese and Kevin Van Dam on the show today. What what you get is when going have, on?
7: That's what you get when they have an unscheduled day off. They're bored. You can track them down, get an interview out of them. That's what I did. So, uh, Skeet was on a walk. He was, he was taking a walk doing the interview. I just don't see Skeet as walking. No, he's a walker. He's, a, yeah, he's, he's doing all that. He was going to go for a run, but he decided to walk and he could still do the interview. But, ah. No, they're, they're back there. Uh, they're actually in Dar Darbone. I don't know. It's French, uh, Louisiana in, uh, in West Monroe for the Bass Pro Tour. And they actually had a day canceled of their practice because of weather it was it's just it was yeah kevin
2: said he never saw anything like that before. yeah
7: exactly and they never had practice was never canceled that's kind of go at your own but uh there's some you know there's some insurance issues with the whole deal but anyway uh so much going on man our anglers are across the country and Uh, A lot of big tournaments here close to home, too. Clear Lake is really heating up. It's it's getting good. There are boats all over the freeway now. Uh, I know, I know. Yeah, I I got another one that might uh, actually be headed up I-5 north tomorrow. Uh, just to you I, can tell all the I'm valley about, guys they come I'm about ready to go to Clear Lake.
2: They come straight through, then they use the cutoff road from eighty over to five over to five hundred five to go to Barriessa. Exactly yeah, right, and, and so, they're all over the place. We pass them every morning now, going by yeah. coming into the shows.
7: Oh yeah, they're uh, they're headed to Barriessa. Fishing's been good down there, but uh Lake Orville. I know you talked about you know everybody getting up there to Lake Orville, but Lake Orville's wide open. If you want to go bass fishing, great place. Uh, you know, not catching a lot of big ones. You're going to catch a lot of two pounders. Uh, but you're going to have a lot of action.
2: You know, like, Fong, Alan Fong yeah, coming yeah, up here later in father. the show. He headed over to Barryessa the other day mm-hmm. and he went scouting around and out in front of the dam. He saw some marks down where the king salmon might be hanging out. Yeah. He's pulling out three, four pounders of yeah. bass. Yeah, I know. Big, they're on big spoons. Uh, and they're beautiful fish. Yep. Absolutely gorgeous. You might enjoy catching one of those someday. Mm-hmm. not, so not his takes, favorite lake.
7: It, it's my least favorite lake of all of them. And you gotta understand, so by the time for me, by the time I drive around, I mean, I, you can launch at Markley pretty easy, but but if I drive around any of the other ramps, I can be at Clear Lake. Yeah, that's true. I can be at Clear and Lake. And you'll burn some gas looking at all the yeah, little yeah, yeah. points around there. You know, various. so I mean, it's, it, it is what it is. It, it, I just don't like the lake. Everybody has a lake they don't like and it doesn't
2: like you. And that's one of them. Yeah, that was Eagle Lake my first day. It wouldn't let me catch a fish at all. (laughs) The second day, I set the lake record. Yeah. Interesting. But
7: you know what? Good
2: luck. But I
7: make up for it because I like Folsom, so... I that far outnumbers people, you know, that, that hate Folsom. Yeah, so. I was
2: just thinking that's probably not real high. Yeah, a lot see, of I, like list.
7: Ful- I like Folsom, so I, I'm okay. If there it was down the street my from my
2: house; I'd be there too.
7: Yeah, exactly. In Fifteen minutes; I'm
2: putting the prop in the water. It's Come not to such... think of it, that's what I do at Mariosa Well, it it's is twenty-two minutes.
7: You know, there's just a, this is the time, man. We're you know we're looking at the weather right now, looking at the long range. These fish are moving up the lakes. Uh, the nights are still cold. How about our Delta
2: bass fishing out there? I know they were catching a <sighs> while like back. The nights are still cold. Uh and, and seventy five degrees coming. Exactly. And with the with the and it's gonna kick off. You know,
7: it's a and, and I'll tell you what, we used to laugh about it because it was you'd get some warm weather and you'd go, it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. And uh every year, like the first week of March, last week into February, we would be at San Mateo, remember? And yeah. that's when the word would start coming out of the Delta. You know, oh yeah, it took 21 pounds. Oh, it took 20 pounds. And that weekend, always when we were at San Mateo.
2: Biggest fish in the tank.
7: Oh, yeah, but yeah, but then it was always like, oh, did you hear it took 36 to win the Delta today? Yeah, that's when it broke loose. So, uh, you know, it, it, uh, you know, man, I don't want to make it political set, but the Delta is. Uh, the Delta's got some challenges right now. It's and, changing. And yeah, there's some big furry critters that are eating
2: a lot of the bass in the Delta right now. And it is, it's not good. A little more fresh water, maybe move some of them out of there. Let's hope. Let's we, hope. Well, they say that there's going to be a break here at this second half of February. Let's see. Yeah, the it's the About gets, the 15th, 16th. I'm reading 75, 76. We,
7: we need the rain still. Our lakes are in trouble. And you know, obviously the media wants to uh, throw us back into an immediate drought. Uh, you know, we we love that. The media likes doing that, but uh, but our lakes are in good shape. Launching's easy. Clear Lake, obviously off the hook. And uh, if you're going to Clear Lake, set, just one more rod in the rod locker.
2: Make sure it's got a crappie jig tied on it. Oh, no doubt about yeah. that. Yeah, make and sure, make sure you get your quagga inspections too. Make sure you got a little there. Strike
7: King Mister Crappie bug tied on up there when you head to uh, head to Clear Lake for sure.
2: All right, well, great action for big fish time in cold water lakes for us freshwater guys, uh, and for for the those wo- of us who have a boat <laughs> for the warm water guys or the best. If you fishermen. knew a boat rep, I knew a boat rep. I know. Say, I, you know. Someday we're going to have to talk. Yeah, we're going to have to talk. But you've yeah. got a great boat dealer. So I okay. have a fabulous boat yeah. coming. I Mark get one Blanton will find you a boat. I took the other one in last week to him. I'm sure it's already in the hands of the gentleman that bought it, and Mark has told me that mine will be in here shortly. It's the brand-new Lund Fisherman. I think it's 21 feet long, and I am looking forward to spreading out in that thing. Well, let's take a quick break right now. we come back, we'll hit the RVs and destination. Then David Martin from Quail Point on Club hooks up with us to tell you about what's going on out there. We'll be right back.
8: When you're looking for the latest in fishing gear, accessories, and live bait, Elkhorn Bait and Tackle is where you'll find everything you need for fishing fun. Elkhorn Bait has high-quality rods and reels for every type of fishing in Northern California, from trout to bass, sturgeon to stripers, and salmon to shad. And more important, Elkhorn Bait always has the best and largest selection of fresh baits like crawdads, minnows, pile worms bloodworms, nightcrawlers, and more, including frozen tray baits. Elkhorn Bait and Tackle, 20th Street and Elkhorn Boulevard. West of Watt, 916-991-5298. Hey, they're also your local U-Haul dealer. Anglers to quickly search fish holding structures and enhances fish reveal with a higher level of clarity and target separation. Lorance products provide sportsmen with the ultimate in high performance features at competitive pricing. Clearer views, less clutter, more targets, incredible shallow, and deep water performance. Lorance has it all. Check out the new HDS Live with touchscreen display and the entire line of marine electronics at your favorite dealer or on the web at Lawrence.com. Lowrance, it's the perfect locator for you. Best of Awards, Antica Trailer and Motorhome has become one of Northern California's highest volume RV dealers. And now, here's Sepp with another great reason to be outdoors and RVing. Hi, everybody. I've got some great ideas for your security and
2: peace of mind when you're out RVing or camping or traveling in the outdoors. You know, every newbie must have certain things. There's no question about it. Some of them are inexpensive. Some of them are very expensive. But there's things called uh, glamorous camping things, better known as glamping, that allow RVers to have some security and peace of mind. And that's a great way to start off on your RVing vacations. Check this out. Did you know that all RV door locks are usually keyed similar with just a very few varieties in the key codes? That's right. All the door locks, all the dead bolts, and even all your exterior lower storage space around the bottom. I could tell you my key number right now, and it would be the same as yours. We can open up our neighbors. They can open up you. Low Life's open those doors anytime they want because they've got the key, too. There's a company out there that sells a lot of stuff. But first, if you don't believe me, check out your keys and check out a key of your friends out there that's got an RV. And see if you can't open up each other's storage units and maybe even their doors. Not a good feeling when you leave your RV behind with a dog or a cat or something in it. Wouldn't be a very good idea. Well, for security and peace of mind, here's another one for you. You might want to check out RVlock.com. That's right. These guys make a, it's a push button lock that replaces your entire door lock. I don't have any idea how much it costs. I just know I've got an electric bike in there that I want to protect. And I'm sure you've got something too. RVLock.com. You can order it over the internet. It's simple to install. Comes with a fob, no less. You can push a button, it unlocks your RV door for you. And the second item that is becoming more and more a necessity with everything going on in our wonderful world these days is a security camera. And I know big systems, are expensive, and my God, imagine them in an RV. Well, there's a company out there called Reolink, and they've got a solar and battery powered unit with a 13 foot cord with a security camera on it with memory card. It loop records. It has motion detectors on it. So it picks up whenever anything's close by to your vehicle and it can be used indoor, outdoors, wherever you want to keep an eye on things and you can move it back and forth and it sends you a text message or an email whenever you have somebody real close. And that's just two glamping newbie ideas that you might want to think about. Change your RV locks over. That new company, rvlock.com, has got the answer there. And I think RioLink R-E-O-L-I-N-K, has got the security camera system that you'll definitely enjoy. Take care and be safe out there while you're camping
8: further. Manteca Trailer and Motorhome catering to sportsmen around the West.
9: We're not the biggest. We're the nicest. The Bob Davis people at Manteca Trailer and Motorhome. Manteca!
4: And now, more California sportsmen with Seth Hendrickson. Mr. Brown,
2: are you ever going to
7: pick the date that we're going to go shooting? I'm ready. I, you know, just... So you want to get
2: Blanton and everybody else involved, and we're going to get the whole crowd together. I, I'm we're ready going to head Just out give there. Me Be a day. About four or five of us, and we're going to go out to Quail Point Hunt Club. We're going to start practicing to see if we can shoot straight, and then we'll go out and do it. The hunt. best
7: part is, is, is I've got to give you dates because. I know you're going to fall on one of those weeks that That you are not even in California. Well,
2: it's just the way we kind of plan things. That's why I had (laughs) you send me the dates already. That way we don't have to take the bass guy along with (laughs) us on these. And joining us right now is the man himself, the owner of Quail Point Hunt Club and Olive Hill Kennels. Or half of the owner. The other half's his wife. David Martin joins us live. Good morning, David good morning boys how we doing we're doing great california state sporting clays and the fitasc championship taking place at your place this year
4: yeah you bet buddy we're going to have about 140 machines out there about 325 guys for five days and uh, we're going to throw about 200,000 targets and have a good time
2: is this where we can bring out our golf carts and drive around and watch everything Yes, sir.
4: You definitely can do that. It's a good opportunity. There's going to be some good shooters from all over the state. We've got some word that some other shooters from uh, Kansas and uh, and uh, Washington are coming down. Uh, so it should be a good, uh, good state championship. We're really looking forward to it. Late April is a beautiful time at Quail Point. Uh, the weather is usually really nice, which is why we pick the weekends we do. And uh, we're looking forward to a good week. Any of those shooters I'm related to? Uh, yes. Yes, he a, he's always got a good chance to be the state champ for sure.
2: <laughs> he's always out there, and he's a hell of a shot. No question about that. Well, David, the you've got the sporting place, and over the last 10 years or so, you guys have made them shine out there. Everybody in the world is coming out to shoot the courses that you lay out there, ever-changing, but that's not why we're talking. I'm here to talk to you about a great season out there. All the grass has to be coming up nice. It's got to be perfect for bird hunting out there right now. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, this, this time of year with all the rain we got early in October and through November, December, the, the, the cover is absolutely perfect. Uh, we get a little slight dew in the morning. The sending conditions are great. Uh, it's getting a little warm for me this time of year, uh, you know, in the upper sixties and then next week was like the mid seventies. So we got to think about watering our dogs, uh, often in that, uh, next week, but, uh, the birds are flying great. It's been an exceptional year.
2: Well, I know that, uh, a lot of guys were telling me they, they called you and they said, God, they were just, they're booked like mad. They're packed out there right now. Was it because of the slow duck season you had more business out there this year, do you think? Well, I don't know. Potentially, uh,
4: you know, we we uh, we did lose a few fields this year, but uh, we have been sold out every single weekend. We're taking people at 11, 12, 12, 31, 130 today. We're putting out about 500 birds. We're just packing them in as we can and getting as many people the opportunity to come out and shoot. Uh, you still get your own field. Nothing's changed. Uh, there's no limit. There's no time frame. You have the field as long as you'd like, but, uh, We're really having to get creative and, uh, and, uh, we're just putting a lot of birds out this year.
2: I know it's gotta be busy and it's great to have that opportunity for folks to get out and share in the fun. Even though it might not be like wild bird hunting like it used to be 50 years ago, this is as close to wild bird hunting as you can get. Hey, wild bird hunting in California is called taking a walk. Yes. It's called finding (laughs) a, is what (laughs) wild bird hunting is. You can find a chicken in a store when you go on that walk. Absolutely. But It's, uh, it's sad. Quail Point folks offers great quail hunting, chucker hunting, and the pheasant out there at the ranch. So it's just a great place to go, great place to get involved in the shooting sports and the great family-oriented thing. David, have you got the uh, kitchen open out there on the weekends?
4: Yeah, we're open for lunch Friday, Saturday, and Sundays from about 10 to about 2.45, and uh, a lot of people are taking the opportunity to do that. You can always bring your own lunch, uh, you know, whatever you want to do. We're family-oriented. We want you to bring the kids out, the wives, family, and and everybody, and and just come out and spend a good day out there in the field with the good weather and get away from the, the busy, you know, everyday life and turn your phones off and just come out and have a great time.
2: Yeah, and think about the dog. Dog's ready to do it, too. That dog is ready to go anytime, folks. So just get him out there and have some fun. Well, I'm a little upset because I think Louie might be retired. Louie's retiring? Uh...
4: Yeah, Louie is retired. He's doing well, but uh, he hunted 60 to 80 days a year for 10 years, and uh, it's taking a toll (laughs) on him. He's getting around good, but uh, Mama wanted him to to stay at home with her
2: a little bit more this time. Uh, As (laughs) I recall, it's Mama's dog in the first place. Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, David, real quick, tell them how it works out at Quail Point because uh, they can shoot up a storm and hang out in their field all day long and actually walk into other fields if they aren't assigned.
4: Yeah, that's correct. You just call and make a reservation, let us know how many shooters you got, how many birds you think you'd like to have planted. We can make adjustments even in the morning. Of. We can we can add birds to your hunt. We can take them off if things change. But uh, we don't plant your birds till you get there uh you show up you check in uh we get you out to your field we plant your birds uh you go out and have a good time uh when you're done come on in and uh if your dog's good, a little gassy you want to look for some extra birds come in and talk to me and uh i'll send you where i would probably go for a walk if uh if i was to go out and hunt that day yeah uh, if we don't take these birds the uh the hawks get them i'd rather see everybody take home more birds than what they're paid for
2: walk the fence lines walk the tall grass and head up to the top of all the hills mm-hmm. folks you'll find them all that's right. That's generally the way it works. If you got a good dog or even a mediocre dog, you're going to do better than not having a dog at all. That's for certain. David, I want to thank you for hooking up, and more importantly, I want to thank you for having a great place right down the road from my house to play, and we will be out there this year for a major shoot. We're going to have some good times with about four or five guys all at the same time.
4: I'm looking forward to it, buddy. Give me a call. We'll get it set up.
2: David, real quick, give them the information they need to get a hold of you and book it. Yeah,
4: give us a call at 530 530- Seven three five six two one seven, or you can check all the information out at quailpoint.com.
2: How's the pup market right now,
4: man? If I have a puppy on the ground, it's sold right now. Seth. I, I can't keep enough dogs on the ground. But uh, we've been we've been selling a lot of dogs and uh, doing a lot of training, and it's, the kennel's been a real busy place this year too. It's been pretty pretty
2: amazing. Olive Hill Kennels, folks. If you've got a new dog or looking for one, they got the, one of the best training programs going too. Get a hold of David at Quail Point Hunt Club or at Olive Hill Kennels. Find out if he can fill your needs. My guess is he will. David, thanks for hooking up with us. We'll talk to you again real soon. You got it, Take care, guys. All right. He's a busy guy out there. He's got a lot to do today. That's why we talked to him early in the show. It's time for Mr. Fong. Roll that.
8: And now it's time for Shimano's What's Hot and What's Not, brought to you by Fisherman's Warehouse Mega Stores in Sacramento, Manteca, and Fairfield. Built upon a C14 Plus body for both a lightweight feel and carbon rigidity, the new Shimano VanFord spinning reel incorporates a Magnum light rotor to benefit anglers with a quick response in critical situations. The new Shimano VanFord features Shimano's cold-forged haggity gear, as well as silent drive and micro-module gear tube technologies to produce power transfer like never before, while also boasting next level of rotational performance. All Shimano rods, reels, tackle, and accessories are available at Fisherman's Warehouse Megastores in Sacramento, Manteca, and Fairfield. Stop in and experience eternally smooth reeling with Shimano. And joining us in the this segment right now, the don't what's, know what segment I
9: almost in, said pure you? fishing. It's I the what's it. hot
2: and what's not is the man himself, the rod father, the manager of our Sacramento fisherman's warehouse megastores. Alan Fong joins us live. Good morning, Alan.
10: Morning. How are you guys doing?
2: I'm doing great. Did you get to bury us? Yeah. <laughs> and but
10: you d- know what? It was, <laughs> it's still, still the same. What day, um, what day were you there? I went there Monday.
2: Oh well, and we had the big winds.
10: I know, but I I slaughtered the bass, and then um, I caught them all spawning, and then I I went out main body, and last the last couple weeks all the birds were in the middle, so I'm heading up the east side, and I don't see no birds, so I kept going. I figured they must be up at Puda, so I go up to Puda. <laughs> I go on the bridge, turn the corner, and there's not a bird there. <laughs> <laughs> and there is no bait. I back back out. But what I found really interesting, I was coming back out of there, and I stayed on the west side. And last year in December, those all those bait and all the birds were on that, right on the outside of those channels that come out of Big Island. Mm-hmm. Well, all the birds are sitting right at the mouth right now. Before, on Monday. They're all over there, thousands of them. So they're telling me that something's going to happen here real quick. And after this wind, that's where I'm going Monday. <laughs>
2: hey, Tuesday and Wednesday, it blew nice down Will you take Sep? <laughs> Sep can find He doesn't a boat. have a boat. I'm not going to
10: take them until I catch them. Dude, I don't want to take them out there and get two bites all day. The <laughs> luck
2: Alan and I have been having and going out there just proves if we both went together, we'd never get a bite. Well, he might take you bass fishing then and change your life. Bass fishing.
10: There
2: you go. Bass fishing.
7: I've only done that like you
2: know three times intentionally in my life.
10: Right. You know what I did? I, I was My brother found this big old tree out on the east side in 40 feet of water. So he had some nice crappie. They were all over two pounds. So he gives me a cordance. I go over there, and I don't see no tree. And I'm going, She this is my brother. You know, I could see a friend doing it, but not my brother. Russ Graves so would my, Russ
7: Graves would do that to you, but not your brother.
10: He would do it. Yeah. Yeah, I would I wouldn't even go there if Russ gave it to me. <laughs> but I what I did I put my three sixty down, I turned it on, the first hundred and eighty degrees, there it was, thirty yards off to the side, touched it, marked it at a waypoint, went over there, put my live on, got some big ones so he
7: put the waypoint in why he was fishing the tree not over the tree
10: correct or he might have did it you know when he is off of it a little bit but it was 25 (laughs) yards off
2: well what it certainly makes it easy to pinpoint the right location with that unit doesn't it
10: that's what i'm telling people i mean you know you might think a guy is crazy purchasing stuff but it tell you what it pays off and it's very proven
2: Well, folks, the new Laurent stuff is uh, the answer. The live is just impressing the living hell out of these guys. It is, and if you you know, if
7: you run a ghost trolling motor and run, you know, a live uh, depth finder, fish finder, now you've got 360 capability by just adding that nose cone to the ghost trolling motor. It's incredible. It It also helps you find the schools of crappie and everything else. Hey, do you have do you have any nose cone transducers?
10: no we're all out we we only had six and they were gone real quick you, you so couldn't give that
7: thing away back. until until they made that up that update on it Seth. but now everybody's fighting for them
2: that's the way yep.
10: it goes that's the way them.
2: well alan the uh so
10: by- the, you know what the problem is is that i had you know i have a 12 and 12 now i ordered another 12 because i gotta have two up front it, exactly
7: No, I, I know. I know.
10: I've got it. I've got another one. I'm just
2: adding up the electronics bill on that boat (laughs) right now.
7: Hey, D D Thomas told me he wanted to see all that electronics get banned. And I said, let me tell you what, Thomas, as a $3,000 option, every time they click the box, I sell boats (laughs) for a living. I'm all over it.
2: Heck yes. (laughs) And it's not 3,000 when you, I mean, let's just take a look at it. You got a big fancy electric trolling motor. The big live 12 inches, three of them on his right. boat. What else have you got on there from a rest? You got radar, too? Well, yeah,
7: you've got active target transducer. Plus, you've got ghost trolling motor up there. He's got three 12s up there. That's his retirement <laughs> plan on the bow 12. of that we're boat. Talking, we're
2: talking 13 to 15K there, right? Yeah, you just, you just chased everybody I'm, away. I'm surprised that he's still got a wife. Oh, you know, I mean... Oh, she understands. <laughs> she no, understands. She it. doesn't know. It just, yeah, she doesn't know.
10: <laughs> yeah, I don't talk too loud. Well, yeah. I hope
2: <laughs> she's not listening in the kitchen.
10: You know, I have started
7: all my <laughs> seminar. I've started all my introductions for Alan's seminar for years by saying, "You guys know him, and ladies, yeah. this is this is Alan, the guy that has made He's your trouble. husband put things on your credit card." Yes.
2: <laughs> That's <laughs> the way it works. Well, I'll tell you what, those big winds they have to make that lake turn the rest of the way. It's going to happen. It's been a slow, very slow grind. The fish the bait's coming up a little bit, then it drops back down again. Yep. It's going to happen, folks. Just get over there, and it looks to me like you got two weeks of just grand weather in front of you. There's no excuse not to go unless you don't have a boat. Hey, Smalley, pick me up in your boat you bought so we can go fishing. <laughs> I got a couple guys. Yeah, I got another I boat in my garage. I don't even talk about. Probably I got, don't realize that Smalley bought that boat so he didn't have to go with you. You know what? <laughs> Bob immediately got in my boat and he's told me, he "Goes, I got to have one just like this. He this went, is the way to go." He we went straight over to
7: Godfish Marina. The first day he it. went with you, he let, he. I don't know if you sold him the boat or he
2: just didn't want to he go with you himself. again. He sold himself, but he went straight to Godfish and <laughs> bought one. Yes, he did, and he's he's loving it. His is one foot longer than mine, however, and he's got 30 more horsepower, but that all changes when my new one comes. There you go. (laughs) Alan, I know you got everything they need at Fisherman's Warehouse stores to go up to Berryessa or even out to the Delta. All you got to do, folks, is stop in, pick Alan's brain or any of the trained people that they've got there that know fishing. They do fish. That's why they know it, and they'll be happy to help you get all the tackle you need for your next target. Alan, thanks for sharing with us today. We'll talk to you again real soon, my friend. Taylor. All right, take care. Alan Fong with Fisherman's Warehouse Megastores. We better take a quick break right now because Mike Ogney sitting on hold just can't wait to tell you about what's going on with salmon. We'll be right
8: back. If you're looking for the newest from Shimano, you'll see it first at Fisherman's Warehouse Megastores in Sacramento, Manteca, and Fairfield. From Shimano's freshwater rods and reels to offshore tackle to conquer even the hardest fighting game fish, Fisherman's Warehouse Megastores and Shimano have it all. Since 1952,
3: Scotty has been recognized for product excellence and their entire line of downriggers and accessories is unmatched in performance and dependability. With full-size and compact models available for both freshwater and salt water, Scotty has downrigger for every on-the-water
8: need. Scotty Downriggers, isn't it time you joined the Scotty team? Brad's. Sight, scent, and vibrations. That's what makes Brad's Super baits and Cut Plugs killers for salmon, trout, and kokanee. And here's a tip. If you haven't tried the kokanee and mini-cut plugs for midday salmon, large trout or landlocked kings, you're absolutely missing out on the action. Brad's Killer Fish is the truest running J-plug on the market. Just ask the NorCal guides. It's quickly becoming the go-to plug for solid hookups. Check Brad's out at your favorite tackle retailer or at Brad's Killer Fishing Gear on Facebook or Instagram. Committed to excellence, Brad's Killer Fishing Gear makes products for the avid fisherman and beginner alike and all products are fisherman tested and fish approved. For high thrust
11: power, performance and portability, pick up the Yamaha T9.9 High thrust four stroke. Its streamlined design is up to 12% lighter than previous high thrust models. Still, it delivers up to twice the thrust of comparable two strokes. It's the perfect kicker and a great choice for sailboats, john boats, or deep V's. Any small craft that begs maximum muscle in an efficient lightweight package needs the Yamaha T9.9 high thrust four stroke. Pick one up at Bucks Outport, 2750 47th Ave in Sacramento. Family operated for over 50 years, Bucks carries the full line of Yamaha parts and accessories. And has service you can count on. Bucks Outboard, the sportsman's choice. 916-428-3917 or BucksOutboard.com.
5: Hi, Lenny Lapitta here for Bucks Outboard. I'm inviting you to come down and check out our full line of Yamaha Outboards. Great deals going on right now. You can catch us on the web at www.bucksoutboard.com or give me a call at
8: 916-428-3917. I'll be waiting for you. France is the leader in marine electronics, design and And their new HDS Live Series with active imaging and GPS mapping products are cutting-edge technology. They're easy to use and are backed by a comprehensive advantage service program. The new Live Series with active imaging and 3-in-1 sonar combines Lowrance Chirp with side-scan and down-scan imaging, allowing anglers to quickly search fish-holding structures and enhances fish reveal with a higher level of clarity and target separation. Lowrance products provide sportsmen with the ultimate in high-performance features at competitive pricing. Clearer views, less clutter, more targets, and Incredible shallow and deep water performance. Lorance has it all. Check out the new HDS Live with touchscreen display and the entire line of marine electronics at your favorite dealer or on the web at Lawrence.com. Lowrance is the perfect locator for you. Now, here's
11: USAFishing.com's Mike Ogney with our Saltwater Bay and Coastal Report. Good morning, Mr.
12: Ogney. Hey, good morning, guys. How are How are you?
2: We're doing great, and my question to you is... What kind of salmon are we going to be seeing this year? And have they decided when season's going to be or anything yet?
12: We don't have any. Uh, what we have so far is just preliminary uh, results and for escapement numbers last year. And they have a range. And the bottom of that range that, they, that the fishery managers always go for is 122,000 uh, spawners up in the Sac Valley. And right now the preliminary number, but we don't have the final number yet, is Somewhere between 108 and 112 is where that number is going to fall. So when that lower escapement number is not met, that means that the models that they were using to forecast the preseason abundance and harvest and return weren't quite accurate. But, they, were, you know, this past year, they were a lot closer than what they've been in recent years. So they've been overestimating our, our runs uh, for the last decade. Uh, plus and it's uh, they adjust those those models so that they can try to manage the fishery and unfortunately fish and wildlife the only tool that they have to seem they seem to have but there's other ones actually if they would open their eyes to manage the fisheries is to manage fishing and you would think that's a that's a, a smart method but it's not what they should be doing is managing the environment and what's going on there we just this past uh year this past fall we killed all the fish the bureau of reclamation releasing hot water out of shasta dam killed the entire winter run we've been working since 1994 to rebuild the winter run which is listed as endangered and the feds literally killed it and worse yet sep we knew it was going to happen last february the word was 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 out that there wasn't going to be enough cold water pool behind shasta dam which is just Poppycock! Because there was enough cold water pool. They just released all the water to the farmers instead of holding it for endangered species like winter run, and fed it and, and just and just gave it all away at a time of year when the water when the, when the fish don't need it. Those fish needed cold water in the fall, and that's why it didn't happen because they took the water early when when the farmers need it, not when the environment needs it. And that's the uh, the, the big downfall. If that didn't happen, Seth, we would have had a wild component adding to our fisheries on the coast. So as it stands now, we're doing this thing called trucking, which is artificially getting the fish out of the river and out to the coast because water managers don't manage the rivers in such a way. It's so hostile to salmon that we got to put them in a truck and take them down to San Francisco Bay for the fishery to survive instead of managing the actual temperature and environmental controls that have been in place in in the river. But for some reason, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, the the California Department of Fish and Wildlife, just seem to completely overlook this. And it gets very frustrating when you have, year after year, you have the same upper management team within Fish and Wildlife, and this fishery has gone down a stair step. And the only reason that we have a season at all step is because of groups like the golden state salmon association who have stepped in and have demanded that we truck fish, but that's a band-aid. If we had healthy rivers, we would have plenty of salmon on the coast, but fish and wildlife continues to play the governor's role of, Hey, give the water away to the farmers because we want those boats. And they completely over, overlook the environmental regulation that should be followed.
2: Yeah, it's like they're turning their back on things. You know, this if any of us had taken one winter run salmon out of season or because they were endangered, already classified as endangered, we'd be in, up the creek without the canoe.
12: But yet the federal
2: government can just send down warm water and kill everything, and everybody turns their heads, including our governor, our director of fish and wildlife. Folks, something's not working here. And things seem to be getting worse and worse when it comes to salmon. It's like they don't want to lift a finger to do anything anymore. And I know there's hundreds of very hard-working hatchery employees trying to meet the needs that they're told to meet. But when they're just wiped out by decisions made by federal government or state government in collusion with them, what the hell is going on?
12: If, if you look back at our traditional run set out of the ocean, it, it, for the, the balance was from 1980 through about 2012. Out in the ocean, we saw about a 70 to 80 percent wild component and a 25 to 20 percent hatchery component. Our runs since 2014 have been nearly 95% hatchery. And that is because the trucking has, put, has masked the giant wound that is our, our salmon fishery. And what we need to do is return our rivers to health and get wild fish coming back in and spawning successfully. But for that to happen, the fish need to have a cold water pool, whether if it's behind Orville Dam, Folsom Dam, or the Shasta, uh, or Shasta Dam, those are, are, all we have to do is hold some cold water pool, and you can't blame the drought, because we had full reservoirs two years before this, and we just pumped them dry.
2: Well, the other important thing is, it's nice to have the cool water, but it has to be oxygenated water. You can't dump poor oxygenated cool water in and hope that Everything survives. It does reduce the dissolved oxygen content within the water. So we want to be, oh, yeah. we want to be careful where it's drawn from. They, they, we've had that problem at Berryessa where they pulled out the thermocline basically and a lot of fish died as a result of that. We don't need any more salmon to die. I hope the director of fish and wildlife will start to fight for the fisheries. It would be a pleasant change. I have a feeling it just doesn't seem that anybody cares and the politics have just run wild with King salmon, and then there's dumping on top of salmon boats and commercial fishermen with the new carb requirements. Mike, we got to talk about this more again next week and some of the carb things that are happening out there too.
12: Yeah, and there's and there's, there's some still great things happen. We're going to see salmon on the coast. We're going to have a season probably similar to, to, to last year. Thank God that, that we've been trucking. That's that's what's keeping our, our fishery alive. We're just fighting now to get it back to to, to full health we have a nice as you were saying in, uh, in in your last segment we got a couple of weathers a couple of weeks of great weather coming out get out and enjoy it and sep don't listen to Kent. i'm still willing to go fishing with you so when you get that new boat give me a call and i'll i'll come over and and jump on with you you, you 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 won't be going solo
2: you got it i appreciate it michael you have a good one and thanks for sharing with our listeners much more to come on this next week folks we'll be talking about some other subject matter too thanks mike we'll talk to you soon Thanks. You guys know how it works. There's a whole nother hour right around the corner. We're going to take you starting off with Stripers with Captain Mike Graver joining us for part two on Stripers here live in the studio. Steve Carson, Zach Medina's Chasing Sturgeon out of the Delta, Netzel Chasing Stripers, and Dave Hurley with Western Outdoor News. We'll be right back. It's not over yet. Stick around for more fishing, hunting, and outdoor action in the second hour of the award-winning
4: California Sportsman with Sepp Hendrickson. Coming up next...
1: Check them out on the web at quailpoint.com. Now, here's owner David Martin.
4: Good morning, sportsmen. Waterfowl season is winding down, but that doesn't mean you have to quit hunting. Quail Point is open through March for pheasants, quail, or chucker hunts. If you don't have a bird card, we always offer day shoots as long as birds are available. Call or text to make reservations at 530-735-6217 or check out quailpoint.com.
13: Fisherman's Warehouse and Shimano have it all. Be sure to check out our online store at fisherman'swarehouse.com. Lawrence is the leader in marine electronics design and manufacturing. And their new live series of fish finders are state of the art for today's anglers and light years ahead of the competition. From entry-level finders to the most sophisticated Lowrance Electronics on the market, Fisherman's Warehouse Mega Stores in Manteca, Sacramento, and Fairfield have it all. And their trained sales staff will help you find the exact unit you need. Fisherman's Warehouse and Lowrance Electronics, providing sportsmen with the ultimate high-performance fish-finding features and the best possible pricing. Check out the new Lorance Live and the full line of Lorance products at your favorite Fisherman's Warehouse location.
4: Now, more California sportsmen with Seth Hendrickson.
2: Hey, we're back in studio, and I'll tell you what, you've got some good stuff coming. Captain Mike Gravers live in the studio visiting us from Tennessee. He's got a picture of himself he's holding up here. Looks like a member of the Robinson clan on Duck Dynasty right now. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more, including Delta Stripers in part two of his sharing information from the past. Steve Carson, Senior Tuna, is going to hook up with us. He's got info on your long-range action that just seems to never quit down south. Captain Zach Medinas, he's going to be reporting on the Diamond Classic Sturgeon Derby from last weekend and telling you what's going on with the Sturgeon action out in the Delta today. Captain James Netzel with Tight Lines Guide Service. He's out sampling Stripers today, his first trip out. It's time to check it all out. He's working above the Ria Vista Bridge. I know where that is. And he'll be checking out the Striper action and sharing it with you. And Dave Hurley from Western Outdoor News has all kinds of opportunities for you. And he'll share those near the end of the show. So let's waste no time whatsoever. And let's get hooked up with a man himself who decided to leave California. So have I, but I just can't find a place to go. And Mr. Mike Graver, formerly with Intimidator Sportfish, is joining us here to share some of his information on Striper fishing. Good morning, Michael.
6: Well, good morning, guys. Great to be back with you, man. I had awesome time last weekend. I'm all smiles. Man. Now
2: you're never going to leave again, right?
6: No, I got, I got, to, I got to go. I got to go back home to Tennessee. But part three next week. Sure, <laughs> I'll call. I'll call in. I'm just uh, three hours ahead of you guys, so 9 a.m. sounds good to me. Well, Mike, 10 a.m. Class- Last
2: week, we talked about stripers and the difference in the techniques that are used out in the Delta. A lot of the guys are out there tossing live bait, drifting live bait. Some of them are tossing big lures. Others are just putting out chunks of bait, and they're not sure what they're doing, whether it be shrimp or even a shad, just waiting it out. The different techniques all over, what was your favorite when you were out fishing the Delta?
6: Well, you know I was drifting that live bait set. That that, that was always the big one for me. Um but I did get a call from a uh, another fishing guide um down in the Delta and I guess bait price is gonna go up for y'all up here. Wouldn't surprise so it, me it, a it's bit. It's gonna be very it's gonna be very expensive for you guys up here to drift that live bait. But that was that was our choice. Um the other day we went out with Mr. Rick Teets to the uh, port of Sacramento. So uh uh James, if you're listening, uh keep going past the Rio Vista Bridge. Just keep on going up to five points, and then that big straight body of water just, just run that boat about another 20 miles and get up in the port right now because that's, that's where all the fish are at right now.
2: They've really moved in their, they're yeah, well, in their thick too.
6: Yeah. You know, and me and Rick were talking about it. You know, um, thank goodness for the port of Sacramento, uh, because it really holds a lot of bait and a lot of striped bass. And I really think that that helps keep the population moving for that striped bass. I really do. Um, I just checked your guys's, uh, weather forecast for the next three months. It don't look like you're going to get a drop of rain. So drought conditions again, um, it's going to be fishing below the Antioch bridge is what I would say for folks this year.
2: What are you hearing sure. on? What are you hearing on bait costs and stuff that? Well, I mean, directly? um,
6: I mean, I, I probably shouldn't throw my, my wholesale bait guy under the bus, but I'll just say that from what I was buying them when I left, it's going up another dollar mm, per on, bait per bait per mm. bait. So I believe, I believe you're going to be paying about 269 a piece. Boy, gonna learn how for, to do mouth to mouth on a piece, these suckers for, for a piece of bait. So, uh you know, um yeah,
7: it's gonna. It's gonna... I, I think when I was at Wild Sports, we sold jumbos for five ninety nine a
2: dozen,
6: yeah, 99 a dozen, right?
2: right. Little, like little different now. Yeah, supply and demand, and with the weather we've been having, it's hard to get. We talked to uh, Elkhorn Bait and Tackle a couple of weeks ago. They were getting their ghost shrimp, grass shrimp stuff out of Washington. Yeah, that's how desperate they were for baits and stuff right, down here. Right. Obviously, Mike, you did the live bait drifting right. because you felt it was the most productive, right? And probably got more fish. And did it get bigger fish or small fish? Do you think? No,
6: just uh, I think you can stay on the fish longer. You know, when you're trolling, you might go through it. You might go through a patch of them, and you might get one here, one there. And then the more you run over those fish, the more they're going to get scattered. You know, there's there's nothing more I liked is when trollers are on the outside of me. And they would, at, they'll, they'll push in. that fish. So, I mean, it's just, you can stay on them. They don't know you're there and, and you just multiple hookups, multiple rods. Um, and so that's what worked for us. But I think for anglers, again, like we talked last week, it's all in the, in the presentation or the type of fishing you want to do. But again, looking at the forecast, looking at what happened last year, more drought conditions, you know, you're just not going to, you're just not going to see the fish like up in the Northeast Delta where I started my business, um, that upper McCollumy. There wasn't nothing in there last year but carp. I mean, there's just no water flow. That's not the temperatures they want. Again, I found myself going farther and farther out west, and I I really believe that's going to be the key for most folks is they're going to have to be fishing down there in Honker and, and Broad and places like that. They're just not going to come up.
2: Kent? We were talking earlier about furry animals down there adding to the. They're
6: not helping. I mean, they're definitely not helping. And, and
7: when you, when you figure out. We're not talking
2: about dogs and kittens, by the way. No,
7: we're talking about sea lions. And, and, you know, they're definitely not doing the largemouth bass any favors down there at all. No. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's just, when, when you take into consideration, one of the guys posted the other day about, you know, how, how much weight in, in fish they have to consume daily. And that there's roughly about 250 of them, they figure in the Delta system, uh, right Jeez. now. Um, you know, it, it can't support that. It can't support those kinds of poachers in the Delta
2: system. And that's exactly what they are. It's sad to yeah. see that much saltwater and And I know, and I know they're cute animals. and
7: they go, or, 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 we love them at Fisherman's Wharf and they're so precious, but they also don't
2: belong. In a freshwater system, they're there because they've been pushed there. Because we're sucking so much water to Southern California for farming and agriculture and humans.
7: Well, it's like I told you, the break up. One of the problems with, you know, like Mike was talking about our salmon situation is salmon decide to spawn in, in the fall summer and fall and well, we've already allotted our water then we've already sold over sold most of our water by then so if we need to we need to have a talk with the salmon and see if they can't maybe move that migration run into the, the spring when we have yeah, more water.
2: well we're already trucking them we're, <laughs> i hear there's discussions on taking them up above shasta Trucking them up there so they can spawn in the old traditional grounds because the mitigation was torn out. But that's oh, another game. I wonder what right.
7: happens to Shasta then. <laughs> well, there'll
2: be striper runs going all the way. They're uh, all run. going
6: down a rabbit hole. Yeah, no, it's it is <laughs> it is a rabbit hole. It's
2: a sure. it's a right. very complex thing, but I can't help but think if intelligent people get together, they can figure it out. Yeah. We just got to get them together. Hey,
7: Mike, hopping back on the striper deal. You know, I know you talked about fishing the live bait, but um. It's kind of smart for an angler, you know, I mean, they may have one or two rods in there with those expensive minnows. Kind of smart for an angler to maybe have a fish trap or, you know, a, a Kytex, a couple of Kytex swim baits tied on, a couple of jerk baits tied on, you know, like a Yozuri or some of that stuff. Maybe even a rattle trap. You Especially know, maybe a you can find, right. find a school, but, you can work right. it well, over. Like,
6: like in the port, you know, me and Mr. Teats went out there and we're just using Blade Runner spoons out right, there. Right. That's That's fine, you know. Um, so yeah, if I was a live bait drifter, if you, you know, get on them, if you go, if you get on, once they get feeding and get biting, you just drop spoons down in the yeah, place. Spoons, little swim right, baits. Right, I mean, whatever
7: they'll, they'll eat a lot of different yeah, things. Jigging out there. I love to right, yeah, right. straight. So you got to kind of be versatile too. I right. mean, you can't go, well, you know, bait fishing's so expensive. That's all we do. We can't, you kind of got to broaden your horizons a little the,
6: bit. The, yeah, true. But the problem is with a lot of clients that you have on your boat. You know, they're not avid anglers that fish a whole lot, so yeah, I yeah. mean. Yeah, I'm not to, talking to, to, about the guide right, customer. I'm right. talking about the
2: guy that
7: spends time on the, the belt guy belt that spends time
6: that And the guy that doesn't yeah.
2: have. 50 bucks to buy two dozen minnows right right right
6: Right. because you know i mean you get spoons flying around it could be pretty dangerous and and um but yeah (laughs) if your guide's wearing a helmet (laughs) you might be that guy right (laughs) same with the rattle traps but i I mean just if if listeners are listening i'm just saying that most of your fish this year are going to be pushed down farther than the system
7: so what you didn't want four guide clients throwing rattle traps Overhand. Oh, we, we we
6: have we have done. We <laughs> called it the rattle trap. Open when they used to release the smolts over in the uh, at the Coast Guard station in Rio Vista. Yeah. And that's about the only time you'd see me over there fishing for them. Yeah. And the and the darn things you couldn't hit them the traditional way with the fish facing into the current. You just went backwards against the current and you just foul hook them in the back and and poor Todd <laughs> he was in the back of the boat man just rattle traps flying everywhere so. <laughs> You know, again for you know guided fishing trip. You know the trollers and the drifters. But.
2: Well, it's a great opportunity to save some money if you're a private boater out there. Sure, take along a few minnows with you so you can identify three. them. Three, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you blow that ten bucks on three right. of them. Yeah, and then have that backup with a lure that you can uh, start saving some money and get into
6: some. Well, action. and
7: there's always you know there, if you catch the bluegill in the delta, there's right. always that opportunity. And we always, too. we
6: always, we always drifted those. Yeah, and. um... You know, that's a that's a great option. Those
2: are pretty decent fish that you got in that photo there.
6: Oh, thank you. That was uh that was just going to the port of Sacramento, me and Mr. Teets after I took my granddaughter to the, the zoo. She really enjoyed that. It's six weeks. six weeks old. Six, six weeks, weeks, weeks old she loved her it. to the zoo. She loved it. Yeah, she rides the camel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we shot we shot down to the port of Sacramento and and basically he was in the front and I was in the back and we're both reading the fish finders and those fish were hunkered down so tight on the bottom that if you didn't fish the port and know that it's just all square, right, there's no structure in it, um, there they were just laying on their bellies, and we just used the uh, the fish finder to see them hunker down there and drop, drop it the spoon. Drop it right to them. And then once you got one working, before you know it, there was just 20 foot of fish you, in there. Uh, so. you try
7: knocking on the boat? Try beating on the side no, of the boat? I haven't boat. done
6: my knocking. I'll, I'll share that with you guys once I get back there and start using it. You know, I asked you to save that for another part three.
2: I asked you to remember your poem for this week.
6: Oh, the poem. Everybody knows my poem. Yeah, um, well,
2: there's a lot to this if you'll listen, folks. Well, yeah. He's telling
6: you when the hell you and, should go and fishing. I and I don't know is what's
2: – live,
7: live in the east, see your friends the least. Isn't right. that what it is yeah, now? Something like yeah, that. You change and, that? Right.
6: And I can't believe Allen was out on Monday in that north wind. What's well, I mean, his only day off, you know. So, wind from the north, fishermen don't go forth. So, I mean, that should have been rule number one for Mr. Allen, you know. So, and rule number two? Oh, uh, uh, wind from the south, puts the bait in their mouth. Wind from the east, they bite the least, and wind from the west, they bite the best. But you know what? I don't like the wind. I don't period. like it at all. Period. Of all the
2: things that suck, it's the wind. But that out north there. wind,
6: forget it. If the if the cows are laying down, we don't go fishing, and if the north wind's blowing, we don't go fishing.
2: Yeah, well, I don't get out of bed.
6: You got another one, cat?
2: <laughs>
6: well, <laughs> nothing old, he can say. on My the air. old
7: friend Dave Gleeby. dude, the cows are feeding uphill. We got to move it shallower.
2: Alan
6: okay. Fong goes by the, the right cows in. laying down, so I, I right I'll
7: buy that. Feeding uphill, up feeding downhill. I don't know about that. I well, you know, I mean, he only won forty-seven boats, and we were laughing at him. Yeah. Well, go. maybe <laughs> I should, maybe I should <laughs> shut the hell
2: up, Mike, thank you so much. Thank I appreciate you. you sharing with our listeners and folks uh, a lot of years of wisdom guiding here on the uh, Sacramento Delta and our San Joaquin Delta areas. This man is a lot of information to share with you, and whenever we can pick what's left of his brain. We're going to do uh, so.
7: We could do a whole segment just on tides.
6: You know? Oh, for sure.
7: Just oh, tides and then, when to think and, and what. And, what, and, and, and the then, differences. You know, the, how, how much movement there is in different
2: places of the delta.
6: And, and we could talk about the vegetation. Well, and, maybe you'll have I to mean, call in a little more often, but Good.
2: We like sharing Love info to. that makes better anglers out there. Mike, I appreciate you sharing it and coming down live to the studio today. Thank you.
6: Thanks, guys.
2: Well, let's take a... No, Kent, you've got gun owners of California right now, don't you?
7: Uh, I don't know, Seth. It's probably in this pile of papers it's I have that here. bright green one. Yeah, Maryland well, makes. the legislation's back in session. Isn't that great news? Yeah, can't uh, wait to see what they do next. A state senator is sponsoring a bill that requires parents to disclose to schools whether they have firearms in the house and how they're stored before allowing kids to go to school.
2: <laughs> oh, my, oh, my. I don't know if you Sorry. consider
7: that's part of uh maybe your privacy rights, but Gun Owners of California is strongly opposing this measure.
2: I wonder why.
7: Yeah, stay tuned for more information in the coming weeks. If you want to help fight back, you can support Gun Owners of California by buying a 2022 Gun Owners of California, 52 guns in 52 weeks raffle ticket. There's still time to win a whole lot of guns this week or this year. Um, so give them a call at 916-984-1400. Winner number six this week, 2021 gun owners of California, 52 guns in 52 weeks raffle. Lucky number 13, Sep, Josh Kemper of Turlock. Josh, you've got a Glock 22 and 40 S and W. Not a bad nice. gun, Sep. Nice. You should have won that one. The state, uh, the staff of gun owners will be giving you a call next week to make arrangements to get you in to do all the proper paperwork. Uh, 2022 is their 47th year of fighting for your gun rights as America's oldest pro-gun political action committee.
2: So the teachers are going to be asking the students if their parents own guns. That's hmm. interesting. That yeah. Is, in is the, name. is the gentleman's name in there that wrote that bill? No, no, he
7: said just a politician.
2: Well, we'll find out who that genius is yeah. and then we'll let you know next week because I think that's almost on the verge of ridiculous. Well, it's, but it's not the first time we've passed ridiculous laws in California. <laughs> yeah, that was that one's right up there. But let's take that break. That Chris is just dying to push that button on in the control room. We'll come back. We've got the Pure Fishing Pro Staff Tip of the Week with a man himself, the Director of Penn Fishing Universities. Senior Tuna joins us next.
14: Tide Lines Guide Service and Captain James Netzel offers professionally guided trips from Sierra and foothill lakes to the Feather and Sacramento Rivers and the productive California Delta. Whether it's trolling a favorite lake for trout, kokanee, or landlocked salmon, or fighting a fifty-pound king on the river, World
10: record, baby.
14: James Netzel and Tide Lines Guide Service guarantee an enjoyable, comfortable one-on-one experience in one of his two fully rigged boats: a twenty-two-foot Bolton Pro ski skiff that seats five for fishing lakes, and a twenty-three-foot Rogue Jet Chinook that can comfortably seat six, used for the river and delta water ways. Oh, one. Fish the peak times with one of the best. Folsom Lake Rainbows in January and February. Delta Stripers and Orville Kings from late February through May. Stampede and Lake Tahoe Kokanee and Mackinac are targeted from April through September. Then, it's back to the Valley Rivers for the annual King Salmon Runs. Check out fishtightlines.com or call toll-free 888-975-0990 Licensed Bonded, insured, and permitted on all waters fish.
10: <laughs>
14: Avoid the hassle Go with Tight Lines Guide Service and share an enjoyable day on the water loaded with fun and memories with family or friends. There's a
8: feeling you get when you're fishing a rush of anticipation and adrenaline. It's all about your presentation and that tug at the end of the line. That's the Tournament Recreational anglers need strong, sharp, and reliable hooks because every bite counts. You'll land more and bigger fish. Fish like a pro with Owner Hooks. Owner Hooks, available at Fisherman's Warehouse, Mega Stores in Fairfield, Sacramento, and Manteca, or their online store at Fisherman'sWarehouse.com. Check out the full line at OwnerHooks.com. Owner, simply the best hook on the market. Heard of Brad's complete line of super baits, cut plugs, and killer fish for salmon, trout, and kokanee? How about Brad's crankbaits for bass or stripers? You're covered with over 100 colors and sizes, running true right out of the box. Bass professionals on tour use Brad's Wigglers when searching for bass on the bike. Find Brad's products, including made-in-the-USA Terminal Tackle at local retailers, and check out Brad's Killer Fishing Gear on Facebook or Instagram. Committed to excellence, Brad's Killer Fishing Gear makes products for the avid fisherman and beginner alike, and all products are fisherman-tested and fish-approved. No one makes a more reliable, powerful, and efficient lineup of outboard motors than Mercury Marine.
11: It's time for Pure Fishing's Pro Staff Tip of the Week. Brought to you by Berkley, Penn, Abu Garcia, and Shakespeare, manufacturers of the finest in fishing tackle and related products. Turn up the volume and listen close. We're sharing tips, techniques, latest innovations, the newest products, and legendary fish catching tactics from cold water, warm water, and saltwater water pros. They'll tell you how they did it with a little help from their friends at Berkeley, Penn, Abu Garcia, and Shakespeare. All you have to do is pay attention and then go fishing.
2: And joining us in the Pure Fishing Pro Staff Tip of the Week is the man himself, the director of Penn Fishing Universities, our own senior tuna, Mr. Steve Carson. Good morning, tuna. Good morning, Seth. Tell us about it. Is it still
3: going on down there? Well, before we get into that, and and by the way, we're having yet another... Chamber of Commerce, most perfect weather on Earth day today. I just, I just kind of wanted to throw that in. Bite me. That, um, it ain't all that wanted, bad up I wanted here I want to bring you. up a little buzzword that's been that's been happening, uh, and that is supply chain. Yeah. Nobody likes hearing that word, but uh, I've been talking to a couple of, of my local dealers down here, and I'm sure it's the same up there. Uh, Pan has a series, of, a couple of different series of reels called the dealer exclusive. And that means not in the Wally world, not in the big boxes, not in the river in South America, you know the one. Just in your local independent tackle dealers, Uh, the Battle 3, which is is already probably the best deal uh, out there in a spinning reel, Um, a, a, a nice little upgrade on the gears for a minor increase in the price. Only your local dealer has them. And they're not, the supply chain has not quite coughed these up yet, but anytime you're going to see the Slammer 4 DX series spinning reels. Uh, a little bit more expensive, uh, just absolutely unbelievably good. So, not so much needed for trout and things like that, but if you fish for stripers or saltwater fish, those Slammer 4 DXs are going to be really amazing. Go into your local dealer. Have him explain how much better they are than the regular ones. Dealer exclusive. I think all of us, you know, uh, in our lives, owe, owe a, a, a debt of gratitude to the independent tackle dealer. So this is like a little reward for those guys.
2: Steve, your uh, mecca for saltwater fishing takes place in Long Beach in March. I assume you're going to be there.
3: Uh, no, 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 no. no. Oh my God! What what's the what year is this again? 2022 mm-hmm. uh, they, they call it a sea change things have changed the uh the formerly king of the hill fred hall show um is not going to be anywhere near its normal or former self it's going to be substantially smaller um exactly how much smaller or what the exhibitors are going to be we don't really know but the the uh, saltwater fishing community is shifting uh, slightly south into Orange County, uh, the Orange County Fairgrounds, to be specific. The Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Magazine Show uh, is going to be. Let me just triple check those dates. Yeah, it's going to be February 18th to 20th, and basically take out the trailers, take out the camping, take out the hunting. Uh, take out the beef jerky and the flavored popcorn, just saltwater fishing tackle and just ocean boats, Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Show, February 18 to 20 uh, at the Orange County Fairgrounds. And, yes, everybody who's anybody in the saltwater fishing business is going to be there.
2: So what are you going to be doing representing Penn, I would imagine?
3: I will be in the Penn booth, although everybody keeps saying, oh, come on over, bye my booth. So, but kind of taken to um, saying well what kind of snacks are you going to have <laughs> <laughs> so that's my that's just, my
2: question tuna
3: <laughs> so if somebody just has you know you know um uh you know low end uh, cheap stuff you know popcorn or something they won't be seeing me but if you know if they've got some nice uh you know I I'm not really sure I'm just going to have to wait and see what people have to offer to see if they can get me in my booth,
7: in their booth. <laughs> well, you know, if you, if you'd hang around with James Smith and, uh, and his brothers I don't and, think would uh, drink Skullschlager. <laughs> I was gonna say, they never ask what the snacks are in those booths. No, no.
2: Yeah,
3: I'm more into, I'm more into high-end pasta.
7: Are you? I got you. I got you. Well, you know, I've heard about this, uh, this new show, uh, that's gonna take place down there and I, I think it's gonna be good and, you know, it's, and it's, it's, uh, interesting because, uh, you know, as you guys know it, the saltwater business, uh, the Fred Hall show's been predominantly what, Steve, a 70% saltwater show. Uh, so, you know, without that there, that leaves a big hole. And, and I will tell you the front end of the booth of the show where I spend most of my time, uh, with the boats is not going to happen as well. So. Um, I know that uh, I know that the guys are uh, are not going you know with with anglers and some of the other uh, other dealers so it's, well we 're very uh, fortunate be very if, different
2: we 're very fortunate we were able to pull off the international sportsman 's expo up here to the degree they did because it sounds like yeah. they 're having some real problems down south
3: well uh, yeah, yeah orange county's a little uh, that 's the other thing uh the Fred Hall show is in Los Angeles County, which is still pretty uh still pretty stitched up tight. Orange county is much more open. And so that's, you know, again, just one more, one more thing, but I, th- I think the key really is, is all the big players in the saltwater fishing business tackle, tackle, you know, I don't know about every single boat brand, but certainly in every single, uh, you know, rod reel brand, uh, that makes saltwater tackle is going to be there full on. In fact, Pure Fishing is, uh, is flying their ICAST booth, not the entire Pure Fishing booth, just the pen part. Uh, from back east to be at that show. So that's a major commitment that, that, that they've never done before.
2: Well, obviously things are changing down in your neck of the woods and we're glad we've got you to keep us posted on what's happening down there. Now you'll be representing, uh, our good friends, obviously from pure fishing and from Penn specifically, but this is an opportunity for everybody that's into salt to get together. And what a great time they will have folks. You get them together and it's like this, this room we're sitting in at a commercial break where we all sit here and talk about fishing and the things that we enjoy. We should just share our normal off the air discussions and we'd have a lot of good stuff for you. Well, Tuna, we're looking forward to it. We'll hear more from it from you next week. I'm sure we'll have every, all the details for folks. Are you going to be doing any seminars?
3: Uh, hard to say. Hard to say. We don't really know yet. Again, the show went from being, you know, just kind of a little regional show with a, with a couple boat dealers and a couple of tackle shops, to all of a sudden it's just literally swelled into this mammoth thing that's taken over the whole Orange County Fairground. So uh, many details still to be worked out.
2: All right, we'll talk about them in the next weeks. Take care, my friend, and thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Seth. Steve Carson, Senior Tuna. Things are changing around the area, obviously. Hey. We got a guy out on the water right now, chasing sturgeon. Well, I hope he's live on the water right now. But last weekend, we talked to him. He was heading out for the Diamond Classic. That's that catch and release sturgeon derby that they do. Let's go live on the water right now with Gate Crashers Fishing and hook up with Captain Zach Medinas. Good morning, Zach.
15: Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm doing
2: fantastic. So how did last week work out at the uh, Diamond Classic?
15: Oh, it was a great time, you know, and uh, we caught we caught a fair amount of fish. That derby's won by flockfish, uh, you know. We had a double on two nice big oversized which were a lot of fun, but didn't count in the derby. But we did manage to get a, a fish that placed, so the guys placed in the money. And what a great group of guys, man, super generous. Uh, I love seeing them walk over to Virginia with that envelope full of cash and go, this is for you, sweetheart. <laughs> oh, so, nice. Yeah,
2: well virginia probably works harder than anybody on that boat anyway
15: oh yeah yeah she spends a lot of fuel man no flies land on her that's for sure
2: (laughs) well how's the action been out there this week zach since the big event
15: you know it's been pretty good you know it's uh we've had to work for our fish and you know there's times where you know you can run and gun and rack up a lot of numbers but I don't know. It's days like this that maybe the uh, squat and rock guy, if he is in the right spot, you know, he'll beat you because you're not going to catch fish if you don't have bait in the water. But uh, we've had some great trips, you know, I had two uh, young kids on the boat, nine and six, and uh, little Daisy caught her first surgeon. And, you know, there's something you can just see of a person of any age, man, when that just spark goes off in their head and just boom, you know, I mean, you could just tell she's going to be a fisher, a fisher person for life.
2: Well, you've, uh, got quite the reputation for catching fish. There's no doubt about that going on. Are these fish still concentrated? Are they still a herd or are they starting to break up, and move around a little bit now?
15: Yeah, I'm hoping more show up. It's just a, it's a light sprinkle. You know, I think the guys that are, you know, that are real seasoned and really good and, and able to, that understand these fish. Well, those are the guys that are going to continue to do well, but, um, man, it's, it's, it's a little tough right now, but, uh, you know, the fishing is there to be had. You just you just really got to know your stuff, you know.
2: Deep or shallow?
15: Um, you know, i I kind of been mixing it up a little bit. I know a lot of guys got this whole temperature thing, and they like to be in the shallow water and stuff like that. But I've got them in 25 feet of water, and I've got them in 70. I like to get in deep water a lot because it keeps a lot of uh, non-target fish away from us. But uh, I've been getting them a little bit of both.
2: How about the big brown furry things? Are they still out there in the water giving the sturgeon anglers a bad time?
15: Yeah, that's that's a, a really sad thing. I wish there was something that could be done. A lot of the fish that we do catch, you know, I I kind of log a lot of this stuff where you can just see where they've been mauled by sea lions. You know, they've got gnarly scars. looks look like a dog or a bear's has attacked them. But, yeah, those, those things aren't going anywhere. They're smart, and they've got easy prey out here. And those big fish, you know, feed a big animal. Sea lions are huge.
2: Well, I'm sure that uh, everyone tries to avoid them, or at least avoid the areas where they seem to be hanging out, which is probably where the fish are.
15: Yeah, yeah, they're pretty much scattered all over. I mean, it's hard to find a buoy these days that doesn't have two or three of them, you know. But uh, yeah, they're they're a real problem. But um, yeah, I mean, it's like a lot of times, you know, even if they don't get your fish, you know, I I got to take a rod out of a client's hand because they aren't able to crank them in fast enough, you'll have those sea lions just charging the fish, charging the boat. and Yeah, it's a problem.
2: Well, we had that video from a couple of weeks ago that you sent me, of the big one that you uh, wrestled away from the sea lion, at least uh, then got rid of the sea lion out of the area and let that sturgeon go so he could go out there and live some more. They are a problem out there, no question about it, and I'm sure they just love to feed. Well, Zach, uh, most productive baits for you right now. What seems to be number one?
15: You know we're keeping it simple. You know we're using our our lamprey eel and our and our salmon roe. And yeah, lamprey is pretty hard to get, but you know uh, we you know I fish for a living, so everything I have I usually have at least a two-year supply. So um, those two baits are are getting it done for us. And this past week we had a lot of smaller tides, and you know getting into some of the shallows sometimes can get you out of the weeds. There's a lot of hydrilla that's rolling along the bottom, and you know, and you can reduce that current, the velocity of current, just like, you know, tumbleweeds, they need wind to, to, to roll. Same thing for the uh, hydrilla. You know, if you got too much current, you're going to get all fouled up, and you're not going to be reeling in fish. You're just going to reel in gilly suits of weeds all over your lines. But um, staying out of the weeds has been a, a real uh, challenge, you know, but that's that's what you got to do. You don't want to stay in fish through them because it's funny that a fish that makes it live and rooting around for clams – um just won't deal with weeds all over your lines to grab that little bait offering, you know, you gotta get up and go and find uh greener pastures or less greener pastures, you know.
2: Successfully catching sturgeons doing everything right all at the same time, folks. If you have never been before, I highly recommend you go out with a guide, especially like Zach or any one of the fine sturgeon guides we have here on the show. Get out there, get on the water, learn how to do it so you're more capable going out on your own later on. Zach, give them all the hookup info they need so they can get out with you and get some big fish at the same time.
15: Absolutely. You can get a hold of us at uh, Call Me Direct, 925-497-7171. Gatecrusherfishing.com is another way. Social media the same way, Instagram, Facebook. And, you know, we've got a lot to look forward to in sturgeon fishing. This is our, our getting into our Best time of year, you know. March is when these big free-spawn fish start coming up. So if you've never caught one, it's a good time to get out. Or if you've never caught a really, really big one, March, April, that's the time to go.
2: There you have it, folks, from truly one of the best when it comes to sturgeon fishing. Captain Zach Medinas, give him a call at 925-497-7171. Zach, thanks for hooking up with us. Have a great day.
15: Thank you for having me on the show.
2: All right, take care. Hey, it's about time for Get a Clue. Where the heck's Maryland?
1: Get a clue. you can be sure that guns, fishing, and other stuff will have it in stock. And now, here's today's Get a Clue.
9: Hi, this is Marilyn. Going fishing can be frustrating, especially at this time of year and as we go forward into spring. Some days you catch lots of fish. On other days, no fish. Sometimes you catch fish as soon as you let out line. Other times you'll catch fish down deep. What is going on? Well, let's start with your locator. Is it up to date and a fairly new model? Is it painting a good, clear picture? Technology constantly changes our equipment, so use a unit that is current. When you see some or no fish on the locator, that means they're up. When water temperatures are cool, fish are close to the surface. As temperatures continue to warm, fish will drop to lower, more comfortable depths and will be clearly visible on the locator. Check with other anglers and try to learn. Don't just assume the lake is dead and complain to everyone around that you're not catching fish. Get a clue. Fishing is a fun sport, and catching one is a fine bonus. Hey, take care of yourself, stay safe and well. Till next week.
1: You've driven past it for the last time. Now discover California's Sportsman store that has it all at the right price. Guns, fishing, and other stuff in Vacaville. Get a clue. Join Gate Crasher Fishing and Captain Zach Medinas for an epic fishing adventure on California's Delta, San Francisco Bay, or out the gate. For professionalism and great service, join Gate Crasher Fishing for an impressive trip that will keep you returning season after season, no matter what species you pursue. Captain Zach believes in the tradition of harvesting sustainable fish, such as king salmon, rock cod, halibut, and striped bass, seasonally, and also fishes white sturgeon great for corporate team building family recreation or friends just having fun book now for the trip of your lifetime call gate crasher fishing 925-497-7171 and learn more at gatecrasherfishing.com come on out and experience our difference hook up
8: when you're looking for the latest in fishing gear, accessories, and live bait, Elkhorn Bait and Tackle is where you'll find everything you need for fishing fun. From trout to bass, sturgeon to stripers, and salmon to shad, there's a licensed and bonded guide behind the counter, and he freely shares tips, tricks, and top locations for action. Learn about curing row from the pros and how to properly rig for success. And more important, Elkhorn Bait always has the best and largest selection of fresh baits like crawdads, minnows, pile worms bloodworms, night. Crawlers and more, including frozen tray baits. Elkhorn Bait and Tackle, 20th Street and Elkhorn Boulevard, west of Watt. 916 991 5298. Hey, they're also your local U Haul dealer.
13: Whether trolling for your favorite game fish or searching the depths for your next trophy catch, Daiwa has the perfect reel. See the entire lineup from Daiwa at all Fisherman's Warehouse Mega Stores in Sacramento, Manteca, and Fairfield. Don't miss a
1: single show. California Sportsman with Sepp Hendrickson is now broadcasting live streaming audio at SEPS.com and ultimatebassradio.com, and all shows are archived there, too. So now you can listen to live or archived shows on the internet or download them to your iPod or p3 player for listening whenever and wherever you want listen to us live on the internet anywhere in the world with our new high definition digital sound california sportsman
8: saturday mornings from six to eight now there's no reason to miss a single show Ready to shop at a well-stocked hunting, fishing, and outdoor store? Guns, fishing, and other stuff in Vacaville has everything you need for the great outdoors. Hunting and fishing gear, guns and ammo, and plenty of camo for you hunters. They're loaded with fishing gear and all the accessories and outdoor apparel for the entire family. And now, here's the guy that hears it all over the counter with General Manager Travis Morgan.
16: Good morning, Seth. Good morning,
8: Kent. Well, I told you when I was down at
16: SHOT Show, I found a couple new things for the store. Well, one of them has come in. It's called the Mantis System. Now, let me explain a little bit about what this is. Mantis System is a practice targeting system with no ammo. You, uh, It has a module that mounts on the front of your your gun, and you slide it on there. You download the app on your cell phone, and then you shoot it at a particular spot on the wall. When you do that, it registers the movement of the gun to your phone and tells you what you're doing incorrectly on that okay so if you've got a hard trigger press and pull to the left it tells you this and this is how to cure it alright it does that with that and we also have the Mantis Blackbeard system which is for ARs and it shoots a light down to target and it tells you where you hit and what you're doing with it it's a pretty neat system it's got about five different components all together you got the standard um, targeting system like i told you about the x10 model then you got the x3 then the uh blackbeard and then the um, academy which comes with a bunch of different parts and pieces for it you can put up and put your phone on on a tripod to watch the targets for you there's all kinds of stuff you can get for it we have it in the store it's both in vacaville and in dublin and guess what It's the end of duck season so what do we get we got a bunch of Winchester duck loads. So you guys going out to shoot the geese here in the next couple weeks, we got your duck loads for you and geese loads. Come on in and check it out. All right, I hope that's good. Uh, and you guys have a great weekend. I look forward to seeing everybody in the store. Thank you
8: guns fishing and other stuff you'll find everything you need and more on the shelves of their two big stores in Baconville at 197 butcher road and in dublin at 6705 amador plaza don't miss the deals at guns fishing and other stuff and be sure to check them out on the web at gunsfishing.com
4: and now more california sportsmen with seth hendrickson
2: Hey, we're back and I'm just sitting here looking at my next guest is on in about a minute. And I wonder if he turned the right direction when he went left Ria Vista. He was going to head up north and head up river above uh, the Ria Vista bridge. But Mr. Gravert told me there were some pretty strong winds blowing earlier this week. That might kind of muck it up. Let's go live on the water right now to tight lines guide service and find out what Captain James Netzel seeing in the water today. Good morning, Captain. <laughs>
17: Hey, that water's clean up here. Is it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm in miners right now. There's a little bit of floating debris, but you got a good greenish tint to the water. Uh, reeds coming up, but, uh, the, the main part of the river was nice. Uh, uh, just no fish yet. We don't, we've we only been fishing for 10, 15 minutes.
2: Well, that's the way it goes. You got to look around a little bit till you run into the little devils. What technique? Yeah, it had
17: to be, had to be a good 40 degrees this morning and, uh, and I had to, uh, and of course I hit a wave and, uh, water splashed all over me and my clients were like, Hey, or my, my deckhands are like, Hey, we, we're, we're fine. I'm like, yeah, well you're back to the water. I'm got like, cool. they got to wake me up shot.
2: Now you know why Mike Graverd always stood up in the bow of the boat. He hangs yeah. out up there so he doesn't get wet from you characters out there running around. We like to call that captain Nemo.
7: <laughs>
17: <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're trolling today. Uh, you know, it's a little early. Uh, last year, uh, we mid mid February is when we started doing really good, and we we did pretty good up here last year in you know, mid mid uh, February to late February. Uh, water was quite a bit warmer back then, uh, last year than it was. In well, this years. is, this is 48. your first
2: exploratory trip out there this season, getting ready to get into them. You're up there just kind of looking around, looking for an excuse to stop cutting trees is more like it, probably.
17: Yeah, you, you, you wouldn't guess where I had, where I had to go this morning.
2: Where'd you have to go? Get a license at, uh.
17: Yeah, I had, I had to go get a fishing license. I'm like, crap. I didn't got my license yet this year.
2: There you go. See, it's not just me, Brown. It's everybody forgets they don't have something. See how you are? Well, it's so nice uh, get, being able to get it over the internet. 24 yes, you hours. You do it right so on good. your phone now. You don't even have to leave the house to handle it all. Well,
17: Actually, what... you, you do. You know, I mean, you still got to have it signed.
2: Oh yeah. Details. Well, you need a printer with you. It's
7: the problem. Yeah. (laughs) If you're not going to buy your license, you need to carry a printer in the truck, Seb.
2: (laughs) Exactly. James, I know you're pulling lures, but what lures are you pulling and why? What colors?
17: Uh, Deep divers. Uh, I got one I call Seahawk, which is a blue one. I put a yellow tail on it. Not because I like it, but uh, I like the Seahawks. I just, uh, it works. And then I got a Raider fan on the boat, so I got a black and silver with a black tail. And I got a 49er fan on the boat. And he's got an orange red with gold on it. So well, you can we're, see we're that they've, football colors.
2: they've really analyzed the fish bite. So they've got that figured out. All you got to do is match your local football team.
17: <laughs> exactly.
2: Well, these are obviously, uh, moderate trolling. Are these fast trolling or are you doing, uh, just kind of slow speeds?
17: Yeah. Two five, uh, going against the current, uh, three, five, 4 going with. So. You know, it's, it's kind of slack tide right now up here, so I'm going about three, kind of cut it between. I, I don't have my speeds down yet. It, it takes me a couple weeks to get the feel of, of everything.
2: I know the feeling. Every time I change boats, it takes me about a week or two weeks of action out on the boat before I feel comfortable moving around it again. Everything's kind of awkward. This, this well, is
17: my boat's been in the shop so long. I haven't been in my boat. I think I might get a little seasick today.
2: Well, that's cause you used it to death out there. He had to have his trailer repaired, all kinds of stuff from using these tough ramps that they have to deal with on some of these trips. Well, what are you hearing on stripers from other guys? What, what are they talking? Just, uh, slow right now and everybody's waiting. Yeah.
17: Live bait up, uh, uh, up the and up Potato and up, uh, you know, way, way up past uh, Prisons Point, uh, they've been doing okay. Not not great, but, you know, getting half a dozen keepers a day, which is fine for the average person. You know, I, I need 15 to 20 keepers a day, so I need a little bit faster action. Yes. Uh, the guys using cut bait uh, down at Sassoon, uh, Montezuma. I, I had friends troll Montezuma last week, you know, Clyde Wands and uh, Mark Wilson. You, you know, they, they only caught two shorties, so if they're not catching them, no one's catching them.
2: Well, it's going to happen. It'll happen pretty quick. And then we'll start seeing the big spring spawning run taking place, too. So hang on. Uh, we got it's some
17: just... seven, yeah, we got some 70-degree weather coming up this uh, coming next week. And uh, all it takes is a couple degree temperature change in the water, and kaboom, it happens.
2: Well, that's what we're all waiting for. After stripers, what are you moving to next? You heading straight back up to Boca and up in that neck of the woods?
17: Yeah, hang up there all summer long. I, everyone says I chase the 70-degree weather. Uh, unfortunately it's not 70 degrees today. No, it but, won't uh,
2: be 70 up there at all today. It's going to stay cold and chilly up in the no. t- trucky area. You can bet on it. Well, Boca no, and Stampede but, are your home as a matter of fact, for most of the season up there.
17: Yes. Yeah. i, I stay up there all summer long. Uh, take my camper up there and my wife comes up and sees me once a week. I go home to mow the yard once a week, so.
2: Pretty busy up there. Sounds like nothing but fun. Well, good luck testing the waters today. I hope it all works out well for you, and we'll be checking in with you during the season as things start popping greater and greater for you all. So real quick, give them the phone number and the website so they can find out more.
17: Yeah, you can reach me, toll free at 888-975-0990, and the website is
2: www.fishtightlines.com. All right, partner, have a good day out there on the water. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, bye-bye. He's gonna have some fun out there on the water. Well, Mr. Brown, we got Mr. Hurley all set, but we're early for Dave right we're, now. We're actually early for Dave, so. So what are we gonna talk about?
7: Well, you know, there are so many different things going on, Sep, as far as fishing-wise. Obviously, it's starting to heat up for you. Lake Pardee is uh, opening up in the Comanche. very near future. Comanche's, Comanche's doing Comanche's pretty is well. Doing great right uh, now. Uh, I think Pardee opens up, uh, what the? thursday of the guys you know day dave's gonna be covering all these I know things he we're is. talking about so yeah but i mean there's just there's just a lot of stuff on the horizon uh you know for folks to go fishing yeah. but here's the deal and, and i want to throw something out because i saw a guy put a post on social media that said does anybody know a boat dealer that's not four months out <laughs> no no so if, right now, you know, if you're thinking you've got trips planned, you're going to be ready for striper season when it gets going. You're going to start trolling. If you need some maintenance and some oh, service work done, you better have an appointment. You better have an appointment. You better get on that schedule. You know, call the Gone Fishing Marines and get on that schedule. They'll get you in. They'll get you going, but it's definitely time, uh, to start thinking in
2: advance to make sure you have it. It's a very good point. And just to emphasize that. In December, I called a Polaris dealer in town because I have a Polaris I use on yeah. my ranch. And, uh, I asked him, I said, uh, can I get an appointment, and get this thing in there and get it all serviced and a new seat and tires and everything? He goes, Oh yeah, that'll be, uh, January <laughs> 11th, the second Tuesday. And I went, well, don't, I should probably just take that date and stay quiet, huh? <laughs> and he goes, It'd be a good idea. Be a good idea. Yeah. I picked no, it up yesterday. Yeah. I mean, we're talking two months, things just, yeah. gone that's the way it is well, everywhere. Like Tuna was they talking, had to supply get parts chain. that's you know, exactly supply it. Chain, so. and it was a simple seal for my brake cylinder it's all we needed to yeah. fix the brakes yeah so, so i went two years without a break
7: so and the other thing is, is is uh you know i mean if you're if you're you have those favorite baits you have those favorite things you like to fish with maybe it's through the summer even and
2: your local tackle store has them now get them stock up Exactly, because yeah. I see these guys. And you go to Manteca, and you walk in there, and if somebody's been catching on a pearl with black sprinkles in it, they're all gone. the peg hook's empty. They're all gone. They don't buy one. They don't buy two. They don't buy four. They buy every one of them so nobody else can catch fish. Well, we might do some of that. You might do some of that. <laughs> you know, like roll into town for a tournament and, you know, go clear the pegs on three or four of the baits that you know they're biting. Our next guest would Maybe never happens. do anything like that. Joining us now, the editor of Western Outdoor News, Mr. Dave Hurley, with some opportunities for you crazy fishermen out there. Good morning, Dave.
18: Good morning, gentlemen. Those are really good points you made uh, as far as getting your boat taken care of and also getting stuff when it's there because it's not going to be there very, very long. I
2: think That's they're going to have problems with live bait. Even at that price, I think there's going to be so much demand for live bait.
18: Yeah, it seems to me that, um, you know, there's only that one – man. Uh, apparently it's so expensive to, uh, to raise live minnows in California, it's actually cheaper to get them from Arkansas through the dealer because I was checking on that this week because there has been a lot of complaints about the price of live bait, which you covered very well earlier today.
2: I think uh, um, Mike smuggles out about 20 dozen every time he comes from Tennessee.
18: He <laughs> probably hides them in – Dance hat he's wearing there, so uh, that's pretty cool. He's certainly he's certainly uh, become very accustomed to being in Tennessee. I hear a lot of y'alls and we got that going oh, yeah. on. Oh yeah, He's, he's right
2: there with Duck Dynasty guys right now. He's got the beard and everything to go with it.
18: He seems like he's a, he's he's a, he's uh, adjusted very well. So uh, Kent made a really good point. Bardy is opening up in a couple weeks, uh, the weekend after the Super Bowl, and uh, they're going to be stocking it heavy. And I think a lot of people are looking forward to party opening because Comanche has just been swamped with boats. You know, those fish don't even get a chance to make it out of the, out of the front of the marinas by, uh, one day after the plant because they post it on social media. Uh, the area is just completely covered with boats and which is good because you know, that's what you want. You want business and it shows and, uh, how uh, desperate
2: the people are to get out and do something fun with the family.
18: Isn't that the truth? You know, because uh, Comanche's been really busy, Amador has been really busy, and we're looking forward to Party opening just to kind of get some, uh, um, just just spread things out a little bit. A couple other good options are um, that people have not th- been going to because they don't plant there. It's New Malones and Pedro are really good places to catch planters. You can catch all the planters you want at New Malones. Get out in open water, uh, in the top 15 feet. You know, run your speedy shiners or something like that. Uh, uh, there's tons of planters in there and it's hard not to get bit from what I understand. Of course, I wasn't out there fishing. So, you know, it could be a very different story for me, but I know the guys that are on it and uh, Don Pedro has some, a larger quality uh, of the rainbows in there. So those are places that aren't being um, as heavily impacted. I know that they've been heavily impacted with bass fishermen because we got a big tournament there at Don Pedro this weekend and Maloney's apparently has been extremely good for bass fishing. Um, San Pablo Valley Reservoir opens, opened yesterday. And, uh, they planted 6,000 pounds of plant, uh, trout there. And, uh, that's a nice place in the, in the urban area. It's been closed for several months.
2: That is so it. That is funded. a beautiful reservoir hanging right between Orenda and San Pablo. There's a combination for you. And I can Marilyn and I fished there for years before there was ever a seps, and we had an absolute blast on it. It's tall trees, firs, pines, everything around there. You think you've gone into a different world, and you're not five minutes from the freeway either direction. It's and Isn't it's and it's stocked with big fish. I pulled six pounders out of there going right down the middle of the lake. It is a prolific fishery and a great family location. With restaurant, cafe, bait shop, tackle, everything you could possibly need.
18: Yeah, it's it's nice that these lakes close. I mean, I know it's a kind of inconvenience for, but then the openers when they reopen them again, like the party when it reopens, it's always a huge like weekend. It becomes like a big party there when it's it reopens. Tr- it
2: it's it. a traditional thing. Folks go out there just flock to it every single year because they know it's a tremendous fishery. Remember, the bass guys used to go out there a little early just to get into the tremendous fishery. <laughs> yeah, and then we all got in trouble for it because mm-hmm. they were,
7: you know, well, you're letting them out early, and yeah, they're
2: catching every fish in the lake. And putting them all back. Yeah, oh, yeah. Another story.
18: Yeah. That was a great event. And uh, that's one thing. You don't hear much about bass fishing at party. boy. They really keep that one quiet, Kent. You they know? do. And I know that. They keep that one quiet. They keep Bullard's bar under wraps. I mean, it's like, you have to just uh, pry information out of certain. People. Well, Bullard's is, Bullard's is not fishing as well as it, it has
2: in the past. For bass. It's for, yeah, for
18: the big But there's
2: the a whole bunch of kokanee
18: running around. And I
2: believe I read that in Western outdoor news. Well, there's two schools, one high to... and one low running around. Well, they're scared to death to stop.
7: <laughs> I guarantee <laughs> Damn, you that. Good
2: idea. <laughs> they better
18: keep swimming, Zip. Yeah, somebody got a big spot over there last, a couple of weeks and actually talked about it. So that was,
7: yeah, that was no, I mean, there's, there's still a world record spot swimming in the lake. There's no question about that. What's the record right <laughs> now out of there? Um, it's in the 11 range, 11 pound range. That's a pig for spotted bass. Yeah. yeah that's,
2: that's, that's a pig. Giant. That's like a watermelon. Yeah.
18: That's a huge, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. huge spotted bass. Uh, there were numerous uh, of
2: those, those well, coming Dave, out. Dave, yeah. have you been out lately or are you, uh, kind of locked down like the rest of us?
18: I've been locked down, but I did go out to Temescal the other day. And, you know, speaking of a of a place right in the middle of two big freeways in, in an urban oasis, I mean, you're out there, you got white pelicans floating all over, all different types of ducks. And uh, it's just a, a place that you can't even imagine being in the middle of a city. It's like a great,
2: it's a great respite, isn't
18: it? It was a great respite. It was really nice. I'm looking forward to going sturgeon fishing. I got invited this morning, but I have a lot of other things going on. Uh, they did catch some sturgeon in San Pablo Bay. Translate got one yesterday. So these fish are starting to migrate. Uh, great interviews on, on sturgeon fishing today. I think Jay Lopes has some excellent suggestions.
2: Dave, uh, we're going to have to cut you off here because we're running out of that important thing that we have here on the show called time. I want to thank well, you good. for your updates and your reports. And, folks, you can always get a copy of Western Outdoor News by going to their website. You can get a subscription. Or you can get the electronic subscription, too. Dave, thanks for hooking up with us today. We'll talk to you again real soon. Dave Hurley with Western Outdoor News. want to thank you all. I want to thank Captain Mike Gravert for coming into the studio on his visit from Tennessee. I want to thank Mr. Brown for hanging out. And for Chris and Marilyn in the control room. We'll talk to you all next week right here. Tidelines, everybody.